Welcome to the Confidence Lounge podcast, where we cover all things confidence in life and business. I'm your host, Elise Conroy, and I'm on a passionate mission to help thousands of women across the world feel more confident from the inside out, because not on my watch am I ever going to watch another woman do insecure life and business again. So if you're ready to become your most confident self, mama, or businesswoman, you're exactly where you're supposed to be. So grab your favorite beverage, get nice and comfy, and get ready to receive today's confidence injection. Are you being haunted by the not enoughness monster? (laughs) Okay, so I know this sounds funny, but this is a real thing because the not enoughness monster is a serious issue that is causing a lot of problems for us as women. So this not enoughness monster, the women that I work with know this idea well. This is something that I talk about all the time. It's this monster that's coming for us every day and slowly eating away at our belief in our enoughness. So the idea that we're good enough. So I recently read a study that stated more than 80% of women have felt not good enough at some point of their life. So we have to talk about this. This is so critical to our confidence, to our success, to our overall happiness in our life, and that is to feel good enough. So if you're in a place right now where you don't feel good enough, whether that's at work, whether that's as a mom, as a wife, whatever it might be, all the areas where we are expected to feel good in our lives, right, and we don't feel good enough, we've got to talk today because I'm going to give you a opportunity. This is literally going to be like a masterclass today. So just get ready because this episode is going to be so insanely value packed with tools. And I'm going to give you the opportunity to really dive into your beliefs about yourself and get to the bottom of what it is that keeps you coming back to the idea that you're not good enough. So I invite you to come back to this episode again and again, because there is so much juice in here to sustain you, right? And you're going to get a different little tidbit, a different little gold nugget every time you listen to this because there is so much in here. So if you're having a day where the not enoughness monster is coming for you, maybe let's say you just gave a presentation at work and somebody didn't right away tell you that you did good enough or you didn't have, or you had a failure or whatever it might be. And all of a sudden your brain starts telling you, oh, not good enough. Come back and listen to this again and again, because there's always going to be something here to support you. So here's what we're getting into today. We're going to talk overall about what the not enoughness monster is. I'm going to introduce you to my concept on this. We're going to talk about how it's haunting us as women every single day and why we feel this way about ourselves. So I'm going to give you the exact reasons as to why we don't feel good enough. We're going to do an enoughness evaluation. So that way you'll walk away after listening to this, knowing exactly what you need to do to increase your belief that you're already good enough. And we're going to talk about the five steps that were pivotal in silencing my not enoughness monster, because let me tell you, this monster was loud and I have done a lot of work to slay this bitch. So we're going to get into all of that. And then we're going to go into what to do if you fear not being good enough and then how to shift out of this lack mindset and into empowered self-belief because I want you believing in you wholeheartedly at level 10 from the inside out, right? And we're going to look at uh, closing this with three questions to empower your enoughness. So once again, a lot of juice here for you. So let's dive into this. I don't want to waste any more time. Let's just pretend this is a masterclass and we're going to sit back and we're going to listen and learn. (laughs) All right. So what is the not enoughness monster? So This bitch, this not enoughness monster, is essentially what hides deep in the corner of our mind and feeds off of our feelings of fear, doubt, shame, insecurity, and lack. So the not enoughness monster is what whispers quietly to you that you are not good enough, that you're not smart enough, pretty enough, talented enough, successful enough, important enough, strong enough, loved enough, or doing enough. So it's the voice that is keeping you feeling that you are broken, that you are fundamentally flawed, that you're never going to measure up, that there's always going to be something wrong with you. So I I'd notice a pattern with this little monster that the second we are about to do something remarkable, let's say we're going to land our dream job, let's say we're going to go for it in a relationship, or we're going to start our business, whatever it might be. Think of whatever big risk it is or big idea that you're going after. And that's when this monster loves to come in and rear its ugly head. So it's going to whisper, hey, Remember, you weren't good enough for this. You're not destined for this. You're just going to fail, so don't do it, right? It's going to talk you out of the idea that you want to go after. It's going to say that your goal is impossible. It's going to say that your dream is not valid or that you don't deserve it or that you're not worthy of it. So this monster is going to surface when you finally have the courage to go for it. And it's going to say, who are you to do something like this? 
And all of a sudden you're going to be like, who am I to do something like this? And if you don't have a secure foundation that your self-belief is built upon, that your self-trust is built upon, you're going to crumble. So this is also the voice that loves to whisper, oh, they're just settling for you. You weren't the top pick. They settled for you. And how horrible is it that you feel that somebody didn't put you as their number one? This is the voice that haunts you with your failures from the past and keeps you silent at times when you need to use your voice the most. It is what keeps you perpetually trying to prove yourself, overworking, overgiving, overcommitting to everything so you can show to everybody in your life that you're actually good enough. It's what keeps you working another hour because you feel the pressure to do more. It's the voice that invites you to look at how well everybody else is doing while you're over here exhausted and trying to keep it all together. So this voice of this monster, it starts as a whisper. So it might be like some quiet chatter in your head and we try to ignore it. We stuff it down. We kind of say, I can't deal with this right now. Like go away. But then all of a sudden it gets louder and the louder this monster gets, the more damage this monster does. So I like to think of this monster as showing up in many different outfits, right? Is We have thoughts that do that all the time. It might be one root thought that then stems off and it's essentially the same root thought, but it's wearing a bunch of different outfits. So what I mean by that is we can have the general thought of I'm not good enough, but that might also show up as I'm not doing enough. I will never be enough. I'm not pretty enough. I don't have enough. I need more, right? So it can disguise itself in many different ways. I know this intimately because this monster haunted me and ruled my life for a very long time. And I unknowingly gave this monster a very loud microphone in my brain. And it really kept me in the pattern of seeing myself as less than. So I like to think of this monster as really nothing more than my inner mean girl. So I tried to overcome this for so long. I tried to numb it. I tried to drink it away. I tried to stuff it. I tried to keep myself so busy that that way I didn't have to ever be alone with my thoughts because no matter what I did, no matter if I went on a trip to the other side of the world and I was sitting there having a beautiful dinner in Asia in the most gorgeous location in the world, all of a sudden this monster would find me. So it didn't matter what I tried to do to outrun this thought. It didn't matter how much I tried to prove myself. And I had a very huge appetite for success. And it's because this monster was so big in my mind that it drove me to the most insane levels to get to a certain level in my career. So this monster is what kept me working 110 hours a week, flying all across the world to make everyone else's dreams come true. It's what kept me staying in the office, what felt like 24 seven. It's what kept me saying yes to everything I really wanted to say no to because at the core of it all, I was still trying to prove myself because I inherently, at the core of my my being, didn't feel good enough. So I had to say yes to all of these things to prove myself. So I would beat myself up to a bloody pulp if I failed, if I got something wrong, if I did something where I felt embarrassed in any capacity. And it's crazy because even though I was so mean to myself, to the point where I remember telling one of my coworkers, she was frustrated about something I had done. And I was like, you know what? You don't even have to punish me because the punishment I'm going to give myself will be worse than any punishment you could ever give me. And I used to wear that as a badge of honor, thinking that that showed how dedicated I was, how committed I was to something. But at the core of it, it all still was coming back to this monster that was haunting me, telling me I'm not good enough, beating me up for everything. And I remember one of the first coaches that I worked with, she looked at me and said, I don't know how you've been this successful when you beat yourself up this much, Elise. You've got to be nicer to yourself. You've got to start believing that you're good enough because you are. And she was right. I just didn't know how to see that yet. But instead, I was trying to really kill myself to get to the top and being very nasty to myself every step of the way. So I didn't know how to love myself yet. I didn't know how to have a good relationship with myself to support myself because once again, it all went back to this core fundamental belief I had about myself that I wasn't good enough. So the thing about being in that mindset where you are entertaining the not enoughness monster is we know that this way of thinking is painful, but the good news is it's not permanent. And I committed 
a couple years of my life to really understanding at the core where this came from. And it still went back to being bullied as a kid, to being adopted and given away at birth and thinking, well, I wasn't good enough for my biological mom, so why would I be good enough for anybody else? She gave me away. I wasn't good enough for all the kids who made fun of me every single day, so why would anybody else like me? Why would I ever be successful anywhere else, right? So once again, that fed the desire to then go above and beyond in every way, shape, and form in my life to prove that I was good enough, to prove, hey, I'm likable. Hey, I'm worthy. Hey, I'm deserving of these things. Hey, I can actually be successful. Please like me. Please accept me. Please love me. But that lack of love, that lack of acceptance in myself is what kept me fundamentally going back to this pattern. So I don't want you to be in the same place where you are living on this hamster wheel, trying to prove your enoughness every single day while that not enoughness monster is chasing you. And I know that if you're listening to this and you're still with me, you know what that pressure feels like while that not enoughness monster is on your tail. It's hard and it's heavy and it's scary because you wonder at the end of the day, am I ever going to be good enough? right? Am I going to be good enough for my partner? Good enough for my, you know, my family, my friends, for everybody. And we're killing ourselves trying to feel good enough. And I had a core belief, and this is insane when I think about this now. It is crazy. But I had a core belief that my husband settled for me. Even to the point after we got married, this was still haunting me. And it all came back from this one little thing that he had said when we first started dating. And he had said, yeah, I'm not looking for anything serious. And I was like, yeah, neither am I, because that was the truth. I didn't expect him to become my husband when we first met until shortly afterwards, I realized, yes, I'm going to marry this man, right? But I, I had this idea in my mind that he had settled for me because of that one little thing that he said. But that thing that he had said had nothing to do with me. It had nothing to do with him. It all had to do with my core belief that I wasn't good enough. So of course he settled for me because I wasn't good enough, right? And I remember it took my best friend looking at me. And you know when somebody just looks at you with those eyes where you're like, oh, she's really serious right now. I should really pay attention. And you almost feel so crazy when they say it to you. It's like, oh God, how could I never see this? Because they're so committed with, you know, so much love and compassion and and commitment as they say something to you. She looked at me and she was like, I would die to have somebody look at me like that. Do you not see the way that he looks at you? How no one settles that looks at you like that. Nobody would ever settle when they look at you with that much love and adoration. How do you not see this? And then I remember a couple days later, then I had that in in my mind and he looked at me and I saw the look she was talking about. And for years I'd had blinders on because I was so committed to my belief that I wasn't good enough that it blocked me from seeing that I was more than enough for him. Of course he would want to marry me because I was one of the best things that that ever happened to him. But I blocked myself from seeing that. And that moment when I saw that look that she had told me about, I was like, oh my God, I have caused myself so much unnecessary pain, so much unnecessary struggling over this stupid thing that I have chose to believe for so many years. I'm done. I'm done. Of course he didn't settle for me. This is stupid, right? And in an instant, I shifted. And I think that happens a lot when it comes to our belief work and our thought work. Sometimes when we get to the point where we're just, we see something so intimately, we can't unsee it, right? And then all of a sudden you just get to this point, you're like, oh my God, I'm done. I'm done doing this. And I've definitely gotten to this point with any sort of not enoughness based thoughts. I'm like, I have no time for you. Not today. Goodbye, right? So one of the things that I want to talk about is some facts about not being good enough, because I, once again, like this happens for so many of us without us realizing it. And these little things creep in and all of a sudden we spin out and we're fighting with our partner. We don't even realize what's happening. So this truly, when it comes to the core of this thought is not feeling enough is one of the most powerful beliefs that will keep us from having every single thing that we want in our lives. But here's the thing that most of us forget is that every person is born 100% lovable, worthy, deserving, right? They're enough. We're enough at birth. And the only thing that changes is the beliefs that we pick up along the way. The ideas about ourselves that are handed handed to us, the thoughts that we start to believe about ourselves. So we get lost because as life starts to happen, we'll believe these things about ourselves and then we fail, we lose people and we don't ever heal from those losses. We have people say things to us that creates more beliefs about ourselves, and then all of a sudden we're in a thousand percent belief that we're not good enough, right? So just like what happened to me of starting off with a core belief of, okay, my biological mom didn't want me, she gave me away, and then that was reinforced by all the bullies growing up and then add failure, add bad decisions, add all of the layers, right? So of course, inherently, I'm just not good enough. That's what happens to so many 
any of us. But the reality is, and I know this on such an intimate level now because I've done the work to see this, is that you were born good enough and nothing can take that away from you. Your worthiness has already been decided. So it doesn't matter what your parents, your teachers, your bosses, your partner says about you. You are already good enough. The reason why we get to the point of feeling this way is we get trained to feel that we're never giving enough, especially as women, right? We're supposed to be the selfless ones who just smile and sit back and say, everything's okay and let me do more and more and more, right? So what we do is we start compensating to give more and more and more. We get programmed to think that we need to work harder to carry the weight of the world on our shoulders, all while smiling and saying everything is fine. And next thing you know, we're killing ourselves to give more. Then we're taught we need to work 40 hours a week while taking care of a home, taking care of our kids, taking care of our partner, taking care of our animals, our friends, our family, our chores, everything that we are responsible for. So we give more and more and more. And now we're running on fumes, our gas tanks are empty, and we're on the brink of burning out every single day. Then now let's add another layer that we have to deal with as women because we're taught to look a certain way. We're taught to have a certain body. We're taught to have certain things materialistically, right, to be accepted. So now we're killing ourselves working out. We're going into debt to buy all the things to keep up with the Joneses. And we're putting on all the makeup. We're buying all the expensive skincare and doing all the things to make our Instagram feed look perfect because we want everyone to think our life is perfect from the outside in, right? And it's still not enough. So the crazy part is, is I, once again, lived in this hamster wheel for so many years. And I remember having this point of my life where I was so confused because I had gotten to this level in my career because once again, my success was so, my appetite for success was so big that I climbed the mountain. I'm working in this executive position at Estee Lauder. I had done every single thing I was said I was going to do in my life. And It's crazy because in my mind, I'm like, why am I still not happy? I've done every single thing that I wanted to do. And so I had this crazy six-figure salary. I was flying first class, living this bi-continental businesswoman life that I dreamed of. I had stock options. I had the perfect husband, an amazing home. I'm driving an expensive car. I have a closet full of designer things. I'm taking all the luxurious trips all around the world. And it still wasn't enough. And I remember just saying to myself, like, when is it ever going to be enough? Because the thing is, my life looked perfect on Instagram, but in the inside, I was dying. And I knew that something was out of alignment because I shouldn't be in a place where I've done so much. I'm killing myself, working myself to the bone, and I'm still this miserable, right? But I've gotten into this point of really living heavily in comparison because the reality is all around us, there are images and stories of somebody doing better in their life. So they're doing more. They're making more money. They're giving more. They're succeeding more. They're buying more. And that has us feeling like, wait, why don't I have more? Why am I, why am I not doing more? Like I should be giving more. I should have more by now. I should be farther along. Why does she have more? What am I doing wrong? So All of these things in life, the societal teachings, our program beliefs, always bring us back to these type of thoughts that wear many disguises. I'm not good enough. I'm not doing good enough at work. I didn't do enough for my kids. I'm not a good enough wife, mom, friend, daughter, auntie, whatever it might be. I didn't do enough around the house. I didn't do good enough of that presentation. I'm not a good enough boss. I'm not good enough at life. This list could literally go on because this thought wears so many different disguises for all of us. So, A lot of us will spend our lives believing this is true without ever questioning where this belief came from. And I'm going to tell you where it comes from right now. It came from your parents. It came from your bosses. It came from an ex-boyfriend, your kids. It came from media and advertising. It comes from other people's thoughts and beliefs about you. So people telling you that you're worthless, that you're not good at something, that you're dumb, that you're ugly, that you're not capable. It comes from comparing ourselves to others. And overall, it comes from a lack of self-love and self-care and when we put ourselves last in life, right? So our thoughts and beliefs begin to cement when we are children. So just like I mentioned earlier, being bullied starting at the age of kindergarten, I had a lifetime full of evidence as to why I'm not good enough. But the thing is, we believe what comes to us, what's handed to us in terms of our belief system, and that's cemented at such a young age. So many of us are essentially children in adult bodies walking this world, walking this earth, right? And we've never done the work to become emotionally mature and to update our belief system. So it's crazy because we update our phones, we update our computers, we update all of our technological devices, but we aren't doing the work to update our brain. 
So at the root of all emotional immaturity is an inability to regulate or experience emotional discomfort. So the thing is, we don't want to shine the light in these areas because it's too painful. So just like me, I didn't want to deal with my adoption and the pain from feeling abandoned and given away. I didn't want to deal with all the bullies, voices in my head, because what if they were true? What if I actually found out that they were right? So growing up, when we offer, when we're offered these thoughts, we don't realize that we have the power to update these. So I'm going to give you an, another example of how this showed up for me, because I think for us as women, this happens to a lot of us. So growing up, I, you know, was a child of the 90s and early 2000s. So what was the beauty model that was shown to me was blonde hair, blue eyes, skinny girls, white girls with big boobies, and they were the beauty standard. So if you looked like this, you were accepted. And I remember even being in elementary school and some of the shows that were on Nickelodeon or like Saved by the Bell, you know, like there was a blonde lead, like they, all the blonde girls in my elementary school were celebrated and I was over in the corner, like shunned as the brunette girl. So I remember those beliefs starting to come really early. And I would think about even like the posters, like remember when we had posters, right? Like my dad had posters in the garage of all the hot blonde girls. And then you bring out like Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera that are so cute and tiny. And then you have Pamela Anderson and Baywatch, right? So brunettes that were brown eyed and curvy were not accepted. And that's what I look like. So I thought I needed to look like what I saw on the TV and in movies and in magazines and all of these things. And thank God there wasn't social media then because I can't even imagine how much more I would have been insecure as a child. But I thought I needed to be like all of those things to be beautiful and to be attracted and to be accepted. So I didn't feel safe to look how I looked because I was bullied for it. I was shamed for it. And I remember boyfriends telling me that I should look like that in order to be considered pretty. So I did whatever it took that I needed to do because I believed that was the beauty standard. So I would insanely restrict calories to try to lose weight. I dyed my hair. I wore contacts. I wore a lot of makeup to change how I looked. I stuffed my bra or sometimes would even wear two to three bras. Like, does anybody remember those bombshell or miraculous bras that came out of Victoria's Secrets? I used to wear two of those. I don't even know how I survived that comfort. I can barely get through the day wearing a bralette now, right? Like, (laughs) but I was trying to make my boobs look bigger. And I would act like all of those bubbly blondes that I saw on TV because I hoped that if I acted like that, that if I was like the silly, funny girl, and the you know, the dumb girl, that everybody would like me. And I remember once having a boyfriend, and this traumatized me for so many years, he would tell me all the time, like, oh, you should look more like her. Oh, you should, you know, wear this or whatever. Like, he was very hard on how I looked to the point that I was sitting down one day and he rubbed his hand on my thighs and said, dimple, dimple dimple. And I remember that was soul crushing because then I just thought to myself and I was what, maybe 16 or 17 when he said that to me. And I just thought to myself, well, I'm disgusting. Like, how could he ever say that to me? If I have cellulite, like I'm always going to be flawed. So this went on until my late twenties, until I finally started doing the work to learn how to love myself and learn how to accept myself because I was always in this pattern of trying to change myself to feel good enough because I tried to fit into society standards or the standards that other people had for me. And one of the things that's actually pretty sad is that a huge turning point for me and starting to accept myself was when I started seeing women like me be accepted. So enter Kim Kardashian, enter JLo, enter Beyonce, the women who have brunette hair and who are thick and curvy. That was never something that was celebrated. I was always told I was fat. And honestly, it was very confusing when I went from being told I was fat my whole entire life to all of a sudden being celebrated for having an hourglass figure and a huge butt. Because my whole entire life, that body style wasn't good enough. And then all of a sudden, society starts seeing big booty brunettes as sexy and as beautiful. Now, all of a sudden, I'm the in-demand aesthetic. And that really, really took a toll on me mentally because I'm like, my whole entire life, I've been shamed for this. But now, all of a sudden, it's okay? This doesn't make any sense. And it was a weird war against myself because I'm like, do I accept myself? Hold on. I've been trying to be something different my whole life, but now all of a sudden it's okay to be this. This is what society wants to see from me. Now all of a sudden I'm getting male attention because this body style's in demand. What? It was very confusing. So I had to do a lot of deep work to reconcile all of the areas where I lacked that confidence and that belief in myself and that acceptance in myself. And I had to learn how to love myself exactly as I was because until I did that work, I was always thinking I needed to lose more weight, look a different way, act a different way to be accepted. And I'd also my whole entire life been battling a 
an idea that I'm too much because I do have a big, bold personality. I take up a lot of space when I enter a room and every person that I had dated for a very long time had asked me to bring it down. You're being too much. You're too loud. You're too this. You're too that. It's always went back to too much, right? So once again, I'm not good enough because now I'm too much. (laughs) It's like I can't win. (laughs) So, so many of us get into that point to where we feel like we can't win. We're like, God, I try to do all the things. I try to change myself and it's still not good enough. It's exhausting. So our opportunity at this point is to become aware of the thoughts and beliefs that are keeping us stuck, keeping us in pain, and keeping us feeling unsafe. So for me, I had to look at this way of you know loving myself and accepting myself to be good enough, right? So I had to look at all the thoughts that made me feel less than. I had to then get curious. So the other idea that we need to look at is what is this way of thinking keeping me safe from? Or how is this thought or belief protecting me? So for me, if I looked the certain way that was, you know, acceptable by societal standards or whoever was offering me that standard, it was keeping me safe from being disliked. It was keeping me safe from being told that I was ugly or less than or fat. And it was keeping me safe from rejection. And then we have to look at How can I stop empowering this thought or belief and shift into a healthier way of thinking that supports where I'm at now? So for me, I embraced myself exactly how I was. I learned to stand in front of the mirror, see my, I'm doing air quotes, flaws, right? With love. And the thing is, they weren't flaws. I was born me for a reason. I just had to learn myself wholeheartedly from the inside out and no longer decide to see those things, those dimples, right? That my ex-boyfriend wanted to criticize me about. That wasn't a flaw. That was just a part of me. So how could I be at war against something that was a part of me? My body is working so hard to keep me alive. My body is doing so much to make sure every single day I wake up in the morning and live this beautiful life. How can I war against something so precious? So I learned how to be kind to myself and how to have a healthy dialogue via my self-talk every single day. So I want you to think about how many times per day do you have the thought, I'm not good enough, in any of its forms, because it's there somewhere, I'm pretty sure, right? Like 80% of us as women, that's a big percentage, we face this. So it's funny, I tracked this with one of my clients because she actually had hired me to help her (laughs) battle her not-enoughness monster. So we tracked it for one whole day. And I basically had her put a tally mark down every single time she noticed her brain taking it there, right? So any form of the not-enoughness monster. And what's insane is in less than 24 hours, she had her brain go there a hundred times, a hundred times in one day, times that by 365. Imagine the toll that is taking on her self-esteem. So I want you to do that same exploration for yourself. Track it, right? Just see how many times your brain wants to go there per day. And I want you to swing back and start getting louder and start saying, actually, I am enough because brain, thank you for this thought. You've kept me safe for too long. I don't need you to protect me anymore. I'm good enough exactly as I am. Start giving it proof that you are safe to start seeing yourself in a new way. And another thing I want you to do just to reveal your growth opportunities and get honest about this. So we're not going to look at this through a lens of judgment. We're just going to get curious is to look at on a scale of one to 10, how do you rate yourself in terms of your enoughness. So we'll call this an enoughness evaluation. So let's say one is low and 10 is high. Where do you rate yourself on a scale of one to 10 when it comes to how you feel in terms of being good enough? And then I want to challenge that. So you're going to look at that because whatever needs to happen to take you to a 10 is going to reveal your growth opportunity. So let's say you're a five right now and you know you want to be at a 10. What needs to happen to go to a 10, right? So do you need to do the work that I did, right? Start hiring coaches, start working with healers, start investing in therapy, start doing all of the things, taking personal development classes, reading books to get yourself into a place of learning how to love yourself. Is that your opportunity? Do you need to build a healthier relationship with yourself, both mentally? physically, emotionally, what needs to happen for you to be a 10? And then we're just going to challenge this all together. We're going to, we're just going to blow the lid off of this bitch real quick. So what if you were enough right now, exactly as you are? Did you reject that instantly? Did you just like send this thought right back? (laughs) Did you just say, nope, that's going to the junk mail? What if you, exactly as you are, flaws, failures, all past rejections, all past pain is enough? What if it was all enough? So if you instantly rejected that, 
Let me remind you why it seems impossible to feel enough exactly as you are. Society has trained us that we need this house, this car, this amount of money, this clothes, these clothes, this body, this success to be enough. But society does not decide when we are enough. This is the part we are missing. We do. There's a quote that I love to reference, and I don't remember who said this, but it's something I always go back to, and it is, we can't hate ourselves into a version of ourselves that we can love. So I invite you to start stepping in, take one micro step daily to start stepping into the belief of I am enough because only you have the power to decide when you are enough and you can make that decision to be enough today. Just like I told you earlier with the situation with my husband, I was so done believing the shitty thought that I was like, I'm done, I'm over it. So I want to tell you the five things that I did Because these were all pivotal steps and me silencing my personal not enoughness monster. So we're all going to have different thoughts about ourselves when it comes to not being good enough. But these were the things that really helped me personally to silence this. And it was really just taking the microphone away (laughs) from this bitch. (laughs) So the first one, and I mentioned this already, but working fully on accepting myself exactly as I am. So I worked on my self-talk daily, right? So you can do the same same concept. You can start studying the thoughts that make you feel bad about yourself and start cultivating that more loving, loving relationship with yourself. I invite you to accept what is and let go of what isn't and decide from a place of love to be nice to yourself every single day. Because we all have a greatest hits album of crappy thoughts that play on repeat every single day without us realizing it. So 95% of the thoughts that you think every single day are repetitive thoughts from this greatest hits album. And the insane thing is that we as humans have between 6,000 and 60,000 thoughts per day. So imagine if 95% of those thoughts are all negative or mean or rooted in fear or doubt or rooted in lack, right? So We've got to work on the true self-acceptance and creating that more loving dialogue with yourself because if all of our focus is unknowingly going to these negative thoughts, no wonder why we don't feel good enough. No wonder why it feels like we have that big, scary, not-enoughness monster chasing us every single day. So you've got to focus on feeding your loving belief versus your worry and your fear-based doubts. Okay, the second thing that I did for myself is I made space for this voice to surface every time I left my comfort zone. So here's the reality of what happens when we leave our comfort zone. Your brain is going to do everything it can to bring you back to comfort. That's how our brains are designed. It wants to use the least amount of energy and keep you as comfortable as possible. So nothing about leaving your comfort zone is comfortable, right? That's why they call it a comfort zone. It is scary out there. Your brain does not want to see you out there. That's where fear and doubt and insecurity and failure and risk lives, right? So The thing about leaving your comfort zone that we don't make space for is for the fear, the doubt, the insecurity, the limiting beliefs, the lack to come up because it's going to happen. Anytime we do something new and leave our comfort zone, there's going to be fear and doubt. It's a normal part of the process. So I now use that voice or any thoughts that bring up fear because our thoughts create our feelings, right? So any thoughts that bring up fear and doubt, I use those thoughts now as a barometer to my success because It will always come up when I'm on the brink of something big. So this is actually a good thing. This is showing me that I'm leaving my comfort zone. This is showing me that I'm progressing. It's showing me that I'm not stuck in my comfort zone, just spinning out, perfecting things or overthinking. So I give you 100% permission to grow as you go and make space to know that these thoughts will come up every step of the way. This is your brain doing its job to keep you safe, right? Our brain always goes back because like fear is a primitive emotion. It's designed to keep us safe. So your brain is just doing its job. So I love to see that now and I'm like, oh, hey brain. Oh, you're just keeping me safe. Thanks. Not today. I'm doing big things, right? Get out of my way. (laughs) Okay. Number three is I had to stop comparing myself. So the reality is there's only one me. I was made uniquely me for a reason, just as there's only one you, and you were made uniquely you for a reason. We are in a game of one, right? It is not us against the world. It's truly at the core of it all. It's us against ourselves. So only you can do what you do. Nobody else has your power. Nobody else has your life experience. So it's, it's time to start seeing yourself as the miracle, 
as the asset, as the secret weapon. I remember I got coaching from somebody who I really look up to. She's been a mentor for me. And she really was like, almost in the point of like shaking me by my shoulders of like, hey, look at your greatness. You are amazing. Look in the mirror and see what I'm seeing. And I remember her just getting really firm with me and being like, Elise, you are the secret weapon. And I was like, I am. So it was it was such a pivotal thing for me to step into, oh, I am, I am, right? And like take a hold of that and start to make that a core belief that I have about myself. So I want you to start surrounding yourself with people that are going to empower you to see your greatness, to start seeing you as that miracle, as the asset. And I want you to mute, delete, or unfollow anybody that invites you to go into the cycle of compare and despair. So notice if you find yourself stuck in comparison, look at one thing. What does she have that you want? And why are you comparing yourself to that person? Because when somebody else has something that we want, that's when all of a sudden the compare and despair starts. So that might be money. It might be a job title. It might be a romantic partner. They might have kids and you want kids or they have certain materialistic things that you want. So what is it that is causing you to compare yourself because of something that they have? It's going to give you a lot of awareness. Okay, number four was feeling my feelings. Here I go talking about the feelings again. But here's the deal. The more you resist your feelings, the bigger they will get. You cannot outrun your feelings. They will always find you. So I like to think of feelings as a pressure cooker, right? At some point, if we don't release the pressure, we're going to blow. So if you're holding in the anger and you're holding in all that resentment at one day, there's going to be a moment where all of a sudden you're blowing over the smallest thing. And you're like, why did I get so upset over something? But it was because you had all this pressure building, 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 building. You never actually intentionally felt your feelings. And then one day you erupted like a volcano, right? So the only thing standing in between you and the result that you want is a feeling you are unwilling to feel. I'm going to say this again because this is extremely important. The only thing standing in between you and the result that you want is a feeling you are unwilling to feel. So that might be feeling embarrassment, right? You might go for it and fail publicly and all your friends and family are going to judge you and you're going to be really embarrassed when they do. So you don't do what you want to do because you fear that feeling of embarrassment. Maybe it's something to where you're scared to embark upon a health journey and commit to a specific eating program because you're scared to feel like a failure if you don't actually stick to it and lose the weight. So there's something in all of us that is a a feeling that's scary. I know for me, it was shame. It was embarrassment. It was disappointment. I've befriended fear and doubt a long time ago, right? So these were kind of my my latest gremlins that would always haunt me because I didn't want to feel disappointed if something worked out. It didn't work out. I didn't want to feel embarrassed. Like I, this is so silly, but I'm going to totally out myself right now. I am an only child. I have had a very hard time my whole life going and doing new things by myself. So to the point, like, I don't, I didn't like going to the grocery store or Target. Oh, I didn't like going alone for a very long time because what if I fell down and people laughed at me? (laughs) Because that happened once. I actually... (laughs) This was so embarrassing. So I used to work at McDonald's and on my lunch break, I went to Target to go get something and I tripped falling or I tripped and fell on the way out of the store to the point where I hit the security guard that like beeps if you steal something and I smashed my face. I was so embarrassed. I was literally like crying because this group of people surrounded me and they're like, are you okay? And I'm like, oh my God, I just want to die. So I got up, I took off running and then I fell again. (laughs) So this created a huge fear for me of like, oh my God, I'm going to be so embarrassed if I fall down in public. I just didn't do things by myself for the longest time because I could not fathom (laughs) falling down in public because here's where it got worse. So I had to go back to work and the McDonald's I worked at was across the street from that Target and two people came through the drive-thru and they were like, oh my God, you were the girl that fell. Are you okay? And I'm like, oh God, just kill me now. So these little things would happen. So (laughs) I know it's so dumb, but we get into this, this, you know, way of doing where the silliest thing will take us out. So we've got to learn how to feel and process these emotions. So I had to learn how to process embarrassment, as silly as that sounds, but I was so afraid of feeling it that I held myself back from doing the simplest of things. And it really became a hindrance in my life. So I had to get help. 
and get a support team to help me learn how to process these feelings I didn't want to feel. But I invite you to do the same investment or make the same investment in yourself because once you learn how to feel, you truly become invincible because there's nothing that you are unwilling to feel. And that is one of the biggest currencies to success. So knowing how to resolve your feelings is going to be one of the biggest ways to set yourself free in life. Okay, number five, this was the final thing that I did to really help myself shift out of not being haunted by the not enoughness monster. So I used to have a tremendous fear of what if. What if they say this about me? What if they think this about me? What if I fail? What if this doesn't work out? What if I lose money? What if I get into a plane crash and die, right? Like all the silly what ifs, right? We all have our own list of them. So one of the number one things that I see create fear within us are thoughts that begin with what if. So I realized that once I answered my what if, I had now just revealed what I would do if my worst case scenario became my reality. So I'm like, oh, okay, so let's say I, you know, was worried if I fail. Okay, so if I do fail, well, then I just work on another opportunity. I would figure out what I did wrong and I'd learn from it. I would, you know, lean in and get support because I'd probably feel like shit. I would trust that I would rebuild whatever I broke and whatever fell down, right? Like I would just start answering this. So that is your number one job is anytime your brain presents you with a what if based thought, answer it right away. Because if not, That thought is going to grow legs. And one of the number one things that we need to feel secure is certainty. And one of the number one things that this thought will create is uncertainty. So uncertainty and fear go hand in hand. So when we feel uncertain, here comes the fear. Here comes the doubt. Here comes the insecurity because what if, what if, what if, right? So I want you to ask yourself, what if your worst case scenario happens? answer that, right? Just plan for it ahead of time because this is going to create so much ease in your brain because you already know to in some degree what you're going to do. You're never going to fully know what what you're going to do until something happens, but at least you will have gone there. You will have taken your brain to the scary place and what that's going to do is disempower that fear. So I noticed that there's four universal fears that I see coming up again and again for my clients. And it's the fear of rejection, the fear of failure, the fear of never being successful, and the fear of never being good enough. So I want you to try on these four perspective shifts to help disempower the fear of what if. So what if I get rejected? What if I fail? What if I'm never successful? And what if I'm never seen as good enough? What if rejection was just protection? What if failure was just feedback? What if learning how to feel any emotion was your most valuable currency to success? And what if you were already good enough? What if your enoughness was your birthright and nothing can take you away from being enough? How would your life change if you saw it this way? Because the truth is, you are enough exactly as you are right now. And the only thing standing in your way of feeling that is the belief that you've lost along the way. So let's take a step together to recreate that belief for you, because if I can do it, so can you. It is a skill that we all have the ability to learn. So if you fear not being good enough, I want you to know, starting off this journey, it's okay to be a beginner. You're going to get it wrong. So just empower yourself to get it wrong, right? Take the imperfect action. Start to see that good enough is good enough. Just get going, right? So focus on how you want to feel. So if your whole goal is to feel good enough, right, what are the thoughts that you need to think to feel good enough? Is it, I'm okay exactly as I am? Is it, I love myself? Is it, I might fail and that's okay? Like, what is that thought for you? Don't get stuck in the result and the outcome yet. Just really stay out of the how and stay out of when am I going to feel good enough? How is this going to happen, right? We don't want you in the how and the when. That's going to create pressure. That's going to create stress. We want you thinking, what do I need to think? Why do I want to feel this way, right? Like, why is it important for you to feel good enough? How will your life change on the other side of feeling good enough? Because when you stay connected to the what and the why, the why is always going to bring you back to your truth and the what is going to keep you in action, right? So be mindful of that self-talk. And if you get into the compare and despair game, right? I want you to look at once again, why am I comparing myself to this person? What does she have that I want? And start stepping into the belief that you are able to create all of that for yourself too, that you are a limitless being, that you are full of potential and whatever she has can be yours too. So start stepping into that belief yet or right now, right? So I want you also to start determining your value 
and start seeing yourself as the woman who walks into a room and makes that room more valuable and empower yourself to unapologetically own your worth because worthiness is another thing, right? If we have low self-worth, here we go. And the low self-worth and not good enough go hand in hand too. So if you don't feel good enough, there's I'm guessing there's probably a worthiness issue going on there too. So I want you to know, once again, you were born worthy. That's your birthright. Just like being born enough is your birthright. So how you're going to shift out of this lack-based mindset, because at the core of this, feeling not good enough is just lack. Lack is the belief that there's not enough, right? So how you shift out of that lack mindset and into that empowered self-belief is to practice this every single day. So when your brain offers you all of those thoughts and all those different outfits, you're going to swing back, right? And you're going to start looking intentionally at how you want to feel and what thoughts you need to think that to, to generate that feeling, right? Because once you start thinking these thoughts, you're going to feel a totally different way. So also start looking for the things that go right daily and start looking at the things where you already have enough. I look at my life now and it's insane because I had this moment, I was, I want to say maybe two months pregnant at the time and I was sitting there and I was on the couch and I just started crying because I was like, oh my God, I have everything that I've ever wanted in my life. And we went on a camping trip a few, I want to say it was like a week later. And we're in our beautiful RV. We, I'm watching Mr. Soul Makeup play with our dog Happy on the beach. And I had another moment where I'm like, this is more than enough. Everything I've ever dreamed of has come true. I have created this life for myself. I have more than enough. Like there's not one more thing I need in this life other than my baby, other than my baby that's cooking inside of me right now. I just need him to come and my life is complete. And then on the other side of having my son, there's really nothing else that I need. I just look at him every single day and I'm like, oh my God, you were the missing piece and everything is enough. There's not one other thing that I need to feel fulfilled, to feel, you know, whole. I've done that work to feel that way about myself and my life. And of course, are there still dreams that I have? Are there wants and desires? Of course, I want big things. I'm going big places. There's no question about that, but I'm sufficient. And when you feel sufficient, oof, sufficiency is one of the biggest, biggest feelings that will overpower the not enoughness monster. Because when you're feeling sufficient, you don't need anything else. You're good. You're, you're kosher. You're golden. You've got it, right? So when you're in that place of living sufficiently, oh my God, it is such a beautiful place. And this is where I want to see you living. So make feeling by intention a priority for you, right? This is a skill that I want to teach you how to master. I've mastered this for, my, for myself. I've truly become the master of vulnerability, <laughs> And I've made this my superpower, right? So if you need support here, please let's have a conversation about this because I can show you exactly how to do the same thing. Okay, another area of how to shift out of lack and into a place of uh, empowered self-belief is to celebrate yourself every damn day, right? So celebrate, I'm good enough because, right? I gave enough today and this felt incredible and I'm gonna celebrate myself with an incredible meal. I'm gonna buy myself flowers because I was born good enough, damn it, right? Like I don't care how cheesy it feels. If it makes you feel good, do it. So also I invite you to think about what is your enoughness finish line? Like what do you need to feel like, okay, everything is enough, right? Because not feeling good enough is nothing more than a thought. So you can decide all the other things, right? But I want you to actually paint some vision. If your brain is always taking you to the space of, oh, well, it's never going to be good enough. Okay, well, then what is? Okay, brain, fine. You're telling me it's always not good enough every single day. Well, then tell me what is. So it's just all this intentional work to look at your thoughts, right? Because we don't want you judging yourself. We don't want you creating more limiting beliefs because it's one belief that's keeping you away from your greatness. So the last thing I want to offer you is to start looking at the thought I'm not good enough or I'm not enough in any of its forms as an indicator to check in on where your needs are not being met. Just like the indicator light goes on in your car of, okay, you're getting a flat tire. Oh, you need your oil changed. Every time this thought comes up, it's a signal to check in on yourself. So it's showing you that there is some part of you that needs to be tended to, that needs some love, that needs some care. And it's your job to give yourself that, right? Nobody can do that for you. So I want you to start 
using anytime this thought comes up, it's like, oh, interesting. It's here again. Where are my needs not being met? And instantly shift into curiosity. Instantly start seeing and showing yourself what needs to happen to feel good enough, to refill that cup, to feel, to, or to get to that place of sufficiency overall. That's where I want to see you living is in a place of sufficiency. Because once again, sufficiency is the opposite of lack, right? It's like we have sufficiency and abundance on one side and then we have lack on the other side. So we want you to be in that place where you are gearing towards intentionally living and taking yourself to that place of sufficiency and to that place of abundance. So check in on yourself. Oh, I noticed I didn't, my brain is telling me I didn't do enough at work today. Huh? Am I feeling like I need to prove myself? Why? Who am I trying to prove myself to? Ooh, okay. And just see it, right? Because once you see it, then you can do something about it. Okay. So let's recap this given you a lot to work with here, my friends. <laughs> All right, so recapping the top line of this, and then we're going to close with three very important questions. You were born enough, and that is not up for negotiation. So your growth opportunities are to evaluate and update your belief system, to stop engaging in the compare and despair game, because it's a game you will never win. I tried. I promise you're not going to win that one. <laughs> to separate yourself from other people's opinions of you and their judgments of you to let it out. So don't hold in these thoughts, right? Don't hold in the itty bitty shitty committee thoughts that are hurting you and causing you pain and do the work to actually process these thoughts and feelings. No negative self-talk. We've got to take responsibility for how we feel both good and bad. So if you get stuck, invest in tools to support your growth and eliminate the factors in your life that are contributing to your beliefs of not being enough. So that might be people, that might be a job, that might be old thoughts, whatever it might be. And take care of yourself every single day and apply that beautiful self-love and that self-care. Instead of complaining, get to work and change some shit. And notice where you're being critical of yourself and engaging in any sort of self-judgment. And instead, apply compassion and acceptance. And when the not enough based thoughts come up, any form of I'm not good enough, check in on yourself. That's your indicator light that is telling you your needs are not being met. All right, I'm going to leave you with three final questions to reflect on. These three questions are always going to bring you back to your truth and they're always going to help you to see what's happening. So that way, once again, you can do something about it and you can move forward. So I want you to ask yourself, who am I not enough for and why? Are you still trying to live up to the standards your parents set for you? Are you still entertaining like what I was doing, old voices from an ex, right? Or old thoughts about something that happened to you that was traumatic growing up? And then question number two is, what am I waiting on? to decide that I'm enough. Because once again, you can decide that right now. You can listen to this conversation and be like, all right, damn, Elise gave me everything I need to work with. I'm going to decide I'm enough right now. We're going to try this on. I'm going to go for it. And then number three is what do I need to believe to be true about myself in order to feel enough for myself? So what needs to happen for you to be able to look into the mirror and say to the woman staring back at you with 100% certainty, you are good enough and I love you. And I don't need to change anything about you. You are perfect exactly as you are. All right, my friends, this is your invitation to be kind to yourself. Because remember, you are doing enough and you are enough. So every day, I want you to affirm, I am enough because... Oh, hey, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If this helps you, I would love for you to share the gift of confidence with a friend because this is how we all grow. So share this with your girls, a coworker, a fellow mama, or your fam on social media because we all need support in our confidence journey. So sharing can help us heal, feel better, and take steps to grow now. Also, I'd love if you would drop your rating in. Ratings and reviews help me so much more than you realize. And if you found yourself listening today and thinking, I need professional support, I would love to invite you to join the CAN program where I will teach you how to take confident action now. If increased confidence is what you want, this is multiple months of dedicated you time where we will do the deep work on you to create your most confident self, both personally and professionally. Because once you know how to generate the feeling of confidence from the inside out, the possibilities become endless and your results become inevitable. This is the most valuable investment you will ever making yourself. And I cannot wait to see who you become on the other side of doing this work on you. So visit me at soulmakeup.com to learn more or come be my bestie on Instagram. You can find me at your soul makeup. See you next time.